The formula is very simple. Of course we have to be a mountain because we have to have the strength to use our skill set, our individuality for a higher purpose. But if that individuality, if that mountain is the context of humility, of course, inner strength is a good thing. Confidence is a good thing. That's really what defines us. We're not defined by our weaknesses. We're not defined by our failures or our successes for that matter. We're defined by our connection to God and the ability to be selfless and seek meaning and purpose. You are listening to The JP Show, where we discuss the issues you care about from a Jewish perspective. I am Rabbi G. I am Rabbi Levy. And we hope you enjoy this episode. I'm Rabbi G, and this is uh, my opening message. Last week, we talked about narcissism, the origins of narcissistic behavior, and so on. And just a little bit of a follow-on. So if you look in the literature of uh, narcissism, there's a bit of a struggle they have because when some of the research on narcissism came out, there was a bit of pushback. People said, well, you can't just knock self-esteem, you can't knock confidence, people need to have a bit of confidence, they need to have a bit of uh, narcissism, maybe even um, um, self-importance, and otherwise they disappear, they can't really function, and so on and so forth. And of course the um, literature sort of struggles to strike that balance and of course they acknowledge that a little bit of confidence is important just need to make sure it doesn't go too far and um, sometimes even a bit of um, pride or maybe arrogance but not arrogance more strength assertiveness and it kind of goes back and forth but i want to share with you an idea uh, based on jewish thinking that it's not about a balance really it's not about quantity of how much narcissism I have and how much humility I have and what's more and what's less and all of that. But it's actually more about a whole different type of self self projection or self importance. The principle is this we are individuals, every individual is important. The proof of that is that God created us individually. He created us uniquely. He created each and every one of us with a purpose. He created us with our intellectual abilities. He created us with our emotional structure, strengths and weaknesses. He created us with our competencies. And he created our very, very special and unique personality. The Gemara tells us, the Talmud says, no two people think alike and no two people are alike and everyone's different and special. And therefore, we obviously, although we might subscribe to similar values, we all have a very important and unique contribution to make to our higher purpose of living. But it really all depends where that's coming from and using that uniqueness and even using it with strength and confidence and ambition all depends what the basis is, what the foundation is. I'll just share with you two short thoughts. The first is not not long ago, we celebrated the festival of Shavuot, where God gave the Torah, there was a divine revelation on Mount Sinai. And we know that one of the ideas behind Mount is that God gave the Torah on a low mountain, a mountain that was a symbol of humility. There's a, a Midrashic account in the Talmud about various different mountains who wanted the Torah to be given on them. They were tall, they were, they were stronger, but God gave the Torah on Mount Sinai because Mount Sinai was a low mountain and a symbol of humility. And the obvious question is, well, if you do that, then why don't you give the Torah on a, in, a, in, a, in a valley? It's even lower. It's not a mountain at all. And the answer, of course, is that a person needs to be a mountain. We need to be strong. We need to have the confidence to use our talents, to use our abilities, to use our skills. 
but it's a low mountain, meaning it's a mountain, but it's in the context of humility. Let's let's develop this a bit stronger. So at Matantara, at the giving of the Torah, God gave the Ten Commandments. And when he did that, he spoke in the singular form, first person singular. He said, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem, I am God, your God. But in Hebrew, if it's singular or plural, it's, different, it's conjugated differently. So therefore, if he was talking to millions of people, which he was, uh, we have a tradition, there was about three million people physically there, there were also all the future souls. He would have said, Ani Hashem Elokechem, I am Hashem, your God, in the plural. But he didn't. He spoke in the singular, and the commentaries tell us because God is talking to every single individual, telling him and her, "You are important. You matter. You, you have a special contribution to make. I am your God. You're in the individual." In other words, highlighting that on some level, individualism, individuality, is important. However, here's the thing: God spoke about individuality. He spoke to individual. But the individual who was standing at the mountain together with everyone else. The individual who was able to be an individual but make room for others. To be one with others. To be humble enough to be like completely as the Midrashic account tells us that when they camped at Mount Sinai they were like one person with one heart. So let me give you an example. Is ambition a good thing? Of course ambition is a good thing. But it depends what it's for. Ambition is very aspirational. When we have ambition to be like greater people than us, to grow, to use our talents, to use our strengths. But you know, Kabbalistically we have what's called seven emotions, and they work in different triangles. There's like the Chesed, Gvurah, Tiferet, and then there's Netzach, Hod Yisod. And the emotion that's most connected to ambition is the concept of Netzach. But its counterpart is Hod, which means humility. In other words, if our basis is a non-narcissistic basis, if our basis is non-arrogance, if our basis is humble, in that context, ambition can only be a good thing because then ambition will be watching if we hurting or undermining others in the process. Ambition will be for a purpose. Ambition will not just be for our own self-serving good. It will be for something meaningful and purposeful. It will always be uniting with other people. It will always be making sure that we don't destroy in the process of our ambition. It will be kept in check because it's in the context of humility. So yes, the formula is very simple. Of course we have to be a mountain because we have to have the strength to use our skill set, our individuality for a higher purpose. But if that individuality, if that mountain is the context of humility, it's kept in check by always being one with others, making room for others. In other words, it's a selfless foundation. In that foundation, in that context, of course, inner strength is a good thing. Confidence is a good thing. But it's always kept in check. It's not a matter of a little bit of confidence and not too much. It's about what the foundation of that confidence is, and that it's not narcissistic. It is there and used beneficially and for a higher purpose. That's my thought. Now let's talk about it. So, Rabbi Levy, are you over the Shavuot jet lag? Just. You, you definitely don't sound like you are. Um, no, I've got a bit of a cold. <laughs> we're all a little tired, um, but we're confident. Good. Which is good. Marching forward. Marching forward. So uh, talking about confidence versus uh, narcissism and what the difference is. And, and so is confidence a virtue in itself? So let's just develop that question for a second. So if, if someone came to you and was looking for a potential uh, spouse, 
what 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 trait should I look for in a in, in a in a spouse or even other things in life. Someone's looking for a rabbi. You know, I need a mentor. I need a spiritual leader. Do you think confidence is a trait that they should be looking for? So people people in general are very impressed by confidence. Someone walks into the room, they give a speech, they're confident. Someone goes on a date with someone, they're, 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 the, the boy, the girl was confident. People come back and say that's actually, that, you know, they, they, they come back and say that as a good thing. Do you, do you, do you think it's a good thing? <laughs> I think it's an excellent question. I think it is a good thing, but I think it depends what, what you mean by confidence and depends which confidence it is. Um, I've had, I mean, personally, I've had experiences, not personally, I mean, personally with my people that I counsel. I've had experience of people who date and are very impressed with confidence, but it's clearly the wrong confidence. And sometimes they get into a lot of trouble because they're actually seeing very arrogant confidence or narcissistic confidence even, and didn't pick up on it. And uh, that can be disastrous. So why is confidence important? I think good confidence, the confidence I was talking about before, is an important trait because it means the person will be there for you, the person will have the strength to help you, or the person will have the strength to support you or even reach out to you and keep you in line, maybe. Right? right. Um, and you want to live with someone, even I mean you're asking from a relationship point of view. I mean in a in a normal life experience, confidence is important. We can't to some degree, we can't um, accomplish, we can't do good unless we believe that we can do it, right? Mm. Um, very often people don't do things because they lack confidence. But even in a relationship, which is what you're asking, um, yeah, you, you, you want to live with someone that has some strength. But sometimes it's inner strength. It's 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 it doesn't come out flashy. It doesn't come out uh, suffocating to you. On the contrary, that kind of confidence, a person who's really confident makes room for others and respects others and has the strength to, to be able to, to do that and to take things which are a little bit difficult sometimes and so on. Right. I mean, it, it, is, there, is there a correlation between being loud and confident? Or that's two different things? No, right? I don't think there is. Right. I don't think there is. I, 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 I mean, you look, you look around and see people who are good confident, if, like, and confident and humble, actually not very loud at all. Mm. Um, they, they're very confident. They will get things done. They will not be afraid, they will take risks, all the things one needs for life and for relationships, but actually not very loud at all. Loud is, I mean, they might be louder because that's their personality, but it's not a matter of being very loud in your face all the time or always showing themselves off, so to speak, because they don't need to. They don't need to prove their, They don't need to prove themselves. They don't need to push themselves forward. They don't need to be the center of attention. So being the life of the party doesn't necessarily equal confidence. No, no. How about being assertive? I know it's not exactly the same thing. Do you think assertiveness is something we should be educating our children? Like, it seems to be like, be assertive and stand up for yourself. And, and, and is that a trait we should be instilling in our children? Or that comes automatically, we have to sort of counter that actually with the opposite. Like, our children naturally assert it. Like, you know, they naturally assert whatever they want. They scream, they shout, they want it. Do we have to, like, that's something we have to Yeah, that's a, that's a very complicated one if you're talking about parenting, which somehow you always manage to land up back on. to. Yeah. Um, Maybe if we did this podcast in, like, 25 years from now, I would talk about something else. But just, this is the... Uh, <laughs> this is what's on your mind. On, on my mind, exactly. So there's a big movement to, to teach your children to be assertive. I'm not, I'm not sure it's so good. I'm not sure it's so healthy. Um, because often it's about standing up to yourself to the exclusion of others. Now, it's a very complicated one because we don't want our children to grow up being a schmutter either, as they call it, a rag. Mm. Um, but we also want to make room for other people. Now, there are some Jewish values which 
run counter to the being assertive movements. Um, Explain that. So, I mean, being assertive towards other people, right? There's a, a, and I say this with caution because you have to know how to apply it, right? There's a Gemara, for example, that one of the greatest virtues that a person could reach is when they hear someone say something negative to them and they don't respond. Mm-hmm. And they, but they don't respond from a strength, right? Not from a weakness. I think, I think inner confidence is more important than being assertive. In other words, being assertive means I can be having the strength to do something. And being assertive often means like I can create boundaries to other people. And, you know, uh, you don't have to share all the time. You don't have to do that. I think there's enough of self, self-centeredness. We don't, need to, we don't need to go into that too much. Obviously, we need to, each, each child is different. They have to be a little bit careful. But yeah, I think, no, I think we need, nowadays, actually, we, the call of the hour actually is to treat, teach children to make room for other people. But teach them to do it as a strength, not as a weakness. Mm. Which means talking to them very young, that's, that's a great thing. It's, it's a good thing to make room for other people. It doesn't diminish you. On the contrary, you, you, you're doing something good, you're doing something virtuous. So I think it's that concept of, of, of teaching them to make room for others, but in the context of strength. Let me give you like another example, not in terms of making room for others necessarily, but it's sort of a typical, maybe it's a typical Jewish example. But like you go to a restaurant, for example, right? And they, and they uh, serve you something and it's not 100% the way you wanted it, right? So pers- this, is not a, 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 this is not a good thing about me. This just happens to be my nature. I'm the type of guy that would just say, okay, you know what, I'm not going to go and send it back and start up with them and start you know, telling them I want to like this. Like just, I'm just sort of like, again, this is not a, a good character trait or a bad character trait of mine, just this. Um, do you see it as like a, a, as a, as a virtue of someone who would be willing to stand up for themselves? Well, I'm paying for it, so let me get what I'm paying for. Not, not necessarily in a mean way. They'll do it politely. They'll do it nicely. But like, or so someone to say, you know what, whatever. Like, I'm not going to start a, a conflict here. Yeah, no, I mean, so that's, I'll rephrase what you just said a little bit. Like, some people that say, look, I'm non-confrontational. Right. I, don't, I don't like confrontation. So yeah. the truth is that sometimes a strength, sometimes a weakness. In other words, there are, putting the restaurant aside for a second, we'll come back to it, but there are times where we have to be, we have to have difficult conversations. Like, for example, in a, in a relationship, right? You can't say, the reason I'm going to put up with everything is because I never want to have a confrontation. That's, that's not a good thing. Sometimes right. sometimes we're not at the level where we can just say, look, I don't care about this. We do care about certain things. And sometimes, right. obviously, we have to challenge our own needs sometimes. And we have, if we have too many needs, it's a problem. But sometimes there are really things that bother us and they continuously bother us. And we haven't managed to get rid of it, right? So we have to have a difficult conversation. We have to know how to have it. So the example, getting back to the restaurant, which is a silly example, but nevertheless, it's an example. So... The person who is always non-confrontational but more from a weakness will say, like, I don't care. So they messed it up, they gave me the wrong course, they gave me the wrong thing, I'm not. Right. The, the narcissist flies off the handle, right? right. And, and does it in a very mean way, in a disrespectful way, and screams, and, oh, I paid for this, this is my meal, where's the customer service, where's your manager, you know, all that kind of right. thing. Right? I don't think it's such a terrible thing for a person to, if he's already paid the money to go to a restaurant, presumably he went there to enjoy himself a little bit, right? Right. Uh, if you didn't care what he ate, he'd eat. He'd, if he didn't care what he ate, he'd, he'd, ate, he'd eat at home, right? Yeah. Um, or, I mean, the social company, whatever. So, I mean, you know, calling over a waiter or a waitress saying, look, I'm really, really, really sorry, but if you don't mind, if we could just, you know, I actually ordered something else, maybe you could replace it. Uh, I'm sure you'd admit it, that kind of thing, is, is a humble, respectful way of having the conversation. Right. That makes sense. So can you maybe define a little bit more the difference between confidence and narcissism? So I know you were discussing before about where it's coming from and what context, but like, 
Narcissism is never really good in, in, in any context, no, right? No, no. So, so, so sort of define for us the difference. So I don't think it's, I don't think they, I don't think it's, it's things to compare. I think it's narcissism versus humility and confidence is just an outcome. There's confidence that comes from narcissism and there's confidence that comes from humility. And they're different, they're different confidence. That's what I was saying before. It depends what the context is. Confidence is a good thing if it's coming from humility. It's a bad thing if it's coming from narcissism or narcissistic behavior or arrogance. Right. It's a different type of confidence and it'll show difference. If it comes from narcissism or, or arrogance, it'll always be very showy, very flashy, very loud, always putting yourself first. Right? Which sometimes, you know what they say about narcissists, right? Narciss- I mean, if you talk about the, the research on narcissi- narcissistic behavior is that they very quick to start relationships because they often impress people. Mm. They're also very quick to be appointed as bosses of companies and CEOs. But they're very bad at maintaining the relationships and very bad at being a good boss. Mm. Because after a while, people just see, see through it. Right. So I was, uh, I was listening to your Thursday morning class where you're discussing narcissism. And you said something very interesting there. You said one of the difference between narcissism and just regular sort of healthy ego, let's call it that, is that narcissism, that narcissists don't know how to, even to people who know them well, they're, they're overly confident. Right. Which is a fascinating thing. No, it's like most people, like if someone knows me, like you know, I know the real me. I'm not going to go and because everyone, to some degree, as you were saying there, to the outside does present a little bit different than where they present in their own home. It's right. just normal right. human condition. But a narcissist won't. A narcissist that when they're home, they'll be as confident as and, and as delusional. I guess is the right word. Not confident, as delusional as everywhere else. Okay. Which sort of begs the question. Is it that the to go even deeper? Is it that the narcissist doesn't even know? Are they actually delusional in their own mind? Is that what's happening there? Because otherwise, wouldn't there be a difference? Like, wouldn't they be aware that people who know them well know them that they're not who they are presenting, who they exactly are? You know, I think yeah, that's a good question. I think. Well, let, let's just just go back a second. Just let's remember that. We need to make a distinction between a narcissist as a, like a diagnosed disorder yeah. or a narcissist in the just narcissistic tendencies. They're, they're a bit different, right? Yeah. But a pure narcissist is delusional. He actually believes his own rhetoric. To him, the whole world surrounds him or her. Right. And he believes it. Which sort of means that there's no hope. So that's one of the, I think that's one of the problems with narcissism is that there's, there's help available and there's hope for everyone. The problem is you need to want to seek the help a narcissist very rarely, very rarely uh, sees that he or she needs help because yeah. because of that of that sort of kind of delusion, right? Yes. Yeah. That's why I think as a society we need to actually there'll always be the narcissist, but we need to engage earlier. We need to educate children. We need to educate ourselves when people haven't yet reached the full narcissistic uh, disorder just more arrogance and more sort of tendencies to talk about it, to make people aware, create awareness of the importance of humility, the importance of making room for others, the importance of not being the center of attention, and so on. All right. Fascinating stuff. It is. It is. To be continued. Thank you you all for listening. See you next time. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to The JP Show. For questions, comments, and feedback, please email rabbig at bina, B-I-N-A, dot com, dot A-U. See you next time.